Success is defined by results, right? And those first hundred days are critical when you're hired to a new leadership role. So why waste precious time with building relationships? We rejoin Dr. Amalia Yancel and Jeremy Spidel to learn more. So task versus relationship, it is a really delicate balance that that all leaders are are consistently finding themselves in the middle of. And you know, at the heart of it, it's it, it's a spectrum, right? Where on one end of that spectrum, there's there's task accomplishment, like just getting things done, and then on the other end of that spectrum is relationship development and relationship cultivation. And what we find is that the higher people go in leadership, the less day-to-day tasks they have time to actually perform and execute. It makes sense, right? The more they shift their focus towards the relationship side of things. It's not that the tasks become any less important. It's that the way those tasks are accomplished starts to come through other people, through the relationships with other people. Mm-hmm. So think about the highest levels of, of our organization. You know, Think about Kelly King and Bill Rogers. How many banking tasks do they do in the course of a day? Probably not a whole lot. It's all through relationships with them. And so I think that it's really, really important for leaders as they're stepping into this new role to start to think about what's, what is the balance? What's the appropriate level here? And we've had some leaders in our seminars say, oh, my gosh, I, I used to think that relationships were what I did when I got all my tasks done. Mm. And now my shift has been to realize that relationships are my task. Relationships, like, are my job now. And I think that's been a really big light bulb moment for a lot of leaders to realize that, um, yeah, it, while, while you've got your head down and you're grinding on your to-do list, um, there are relationships that are vital to you accomplishing those things that, um, that are either growing closer or grow, growing further apart. And it's your job as a leader to find ways to make them grow closer so that you can ultimately accomplish all those things that you are so hungry to do. Another thing, Anna, that, that comes to mind as we've been having this discussion is our definition of leadership. Uh, uh, and I know that that's something that, that over the course of uh, the next year, I know we're, we're taking a look at revising it, adding a little bit to it. At this point, I'll tell you, you know, as it stands now, leadership is the art and science of creating an environment that inspires. I'm going to pause right there, okay, because this is a long, long definition, right? But the art and science of creating an environment that inspires. And so part of me, as, as a leader, day one, week one, month one, I'm thinking, what kind of an environment do I want to create? Yeah. And, it, and if it is one that inspires, what does that look like? What does that mean for my team? How do we do that? How do we pull that off together? That's another question you can ask your new directs, like, hey, what, uh, what kind of environment inspires you? And yeah. then listen to the answer. They're going to give you the code, the script to follow that if you can bake all of that in, you're gonna create an environment that's gonna have highly inspired, highly engaged people. Now, the second part of that definition is it inspires employees or teammates, um, whatever word you may wanna use there, it inspires people to implement critical strategies consistent with an organization's beliefs and values. So I know it's a mouthful, but let's, let's, let's unpack the last little part there, right? to implement critical strategies that are consistent with an organization's beliefs and values. And so I don't want you to miss the word values there. 
because values can come in really, really handy when it comes to like figuring out, hey, what, what are my personal values as a leader? Because those should be non-negotiable. That's, that's who you are. Those are your bedrock, core, foundational principles of who you are, what you're about, and you're going to bring those to the equation no matter what. You don't want to compromise your values. So what are your values? And I think it's important to communicate that to your new team. Um, secondly, well, what's the organization's values? Hopefully you've done your homework enough to know that they are aligned with yours, but values give you an unbelievable roadmap. When you start thinking about how you want to create this environment that inspires, well, let's look at our, let's look at our values. And our values at the Leadership Institute in, in 2020 have been words like collaboration. You know, how can we collaborate more? Words like camaraderie, trust, agility. Like those are things that can help shape what we do when we inherit a new team. Look at the values of the organization. Look at your personal values. Find some alignment and start to use that to really build some momentum with, with your new group. You know, I'm just reflecting on the fact that unpacking all of that really squarely puts leadership in more of that relationship building space. You know, if, if I'm just focused on create the widget, I'm probably not having conversations about values. I'm not really talking to my employees about their personal purpose and how that intersects with the organization's purpose. You know, being able to speak to those things requires me to have a relationship with my employees as people not as employee number <laughs> one, one, whatever it could be, you know, like it, it forces you to be more relationship oriented. And, and that also, Anna, is forcing you to, to really analyze and clarify what relationships mean for you um, mm -hmm. as a leader. If you as a leader are inheriting a team and let's let's suppose the situation in which you are a highly highly regarded uh, technician in one area or another and you start leading the team so you are very very comfortable with the tasks you are great at those tasks and that is maybe the reason for which you have been promoted and that's the reason for which you are a leader right now, because you show the tremendous capacity to solve problems in the respective area in which you are operating. And now you are leading the team. So what does relationship mean to you in the context of your team? Uh, it can mean coaching. It can mean mentorship. And it's uh, really important to understand that these also take a different set of skills that you need to get good at. Jeremy was mentioning the art and science of leadership, right? So there is science to um, the way in which you are coaching your uh, team. Uh, there is science around mentorship. The practice is what's going to, your practice and your experience and bringing your own values to it, bringing your own style to it, and time, right, all this across time are going to create and make it as an art, your own art, in your own style. Hmm. Jeremy and Amalia have shared great insights so far, but 
does this stuff really work in real life? On our next episode, we put these experts to the test with some real-life war stories. Can they protect employee engagement while navigating these tricky situations? Tune in to find out. We're ramping up our efforts to bring you more and better leadership and team development episodes. Make sure you don't miss a single one of our now weekly episodes. Subscribe to us anywhere you get your podcasts, and we'd love it if you left us a rate and a review. For show notes or to learn more about Truist Leadership Institute, visit us on the web at truistleadershipinstitute.com. Leadership Amplitude is a podcast production of Truist Leadership Institute. All rights reserved.